Welcome to Grow Win, this is Crystal McGilvery. So I'm pretty sharp, I think, academically, emotionally, but I guess not kitchen fitter sharp. Let's start from the top. So I bought my first Manchester property. It's to be a buy to let, uh, to be tenanted. All it needed was a kitchen replacement and a few bits and bobs around the property, such as, you know, fixing the wall where the door handle had damaged it. So I needed a kitchen fitter. I got to work looking for one. I checked all the property networks I was in. I used trader websites, trusted trader websites, but I was coming up a bit short. I did end up visiting a few uh, or meeting a few, but I didn't like them. I didn't like them. Something didn't sit right. And I'm, I'm, I like to believe I'm, I'm quite a good judge of character. If anything, I judge too harshly, but clearly not harsh enough. In the end, I went with one that I didn't meet. Cute red flag. I had a lockbox installed outside the flat, so I didn't necessarily need to meet them. They could just turn up, use the key, do their work and go. His name was Colin, Colin Shaw. He was based in Sheffield, but he said he does work in that area a lot, so it was fine. It didn't start well. (laughs) You'd hope it started well, but it did not start well. Fine, he requested 10% upfront. I thought that was ridiculously low, but I went ahead with it. I mean, I'm all for keeping money in my pockets. And he said that the balance will be required on completion. That's all he told me. Pretty soon into the job, mind you, the job was supposed to be completed in seven days, within maybe two days, he told me he wanted money for materials. Okay, it made sense, but that's not what we agreed. So okay, fine, I'll pay that. He also told me he had back problems, so he's fitting a kitchen which has awfully heavy worktops. He has back problems, permanently back problems. Okay. And he just continued. There were a string of problems. His eye was playing up, his mum's eye was playing up, his mum was sick, his back. This all meant that he had to be off work and wasn't able to do anything in the property for days and days and days, sometimes weeks on end. He was asking for more money. Somewhere there was a confusion that he didn't think he had to paint the property. So when I confirmed that yes you do, he told me he had to get a painter in and he needed to be paid for that. Okay. Other things he'd been asking for more money for was things such as petrol to drive from Sheffield to Manchester. I mean, are you kidding me? All these extra bits added up to 50% labour plus materials. And that's where I was done. With the lies he'd been telling, for example, when he told me that he'd painted the property and we surprise visited him. The next day, I recall him specifically saying to me, Crystal, there is paint left over because we finished painting. The next day when I went there, the walls were yellow. There was blobs of paint everywhere. The painting was not complete. If you saw his face... So he kept asking for more money for a range of different things. And I kept saying, give me the receipt and I will pay. Obviously that took some time, but he did. Then in one conversation, he wanted more money above and beyond the 50%. And I was done. And this is where I had to put my foot down. I was done. I'm not giving you any more money. I've given you 50% labor when we originally agreed 10%. And I've given you extra for materials. I'm done. That was the final straw. I said to him, if you're struggling to do the job because you don't have money to get to Manchester, 
then you can stop the job. You can come off the job. At this point, I was done with him. I was done with the lies. The fact that we're now two months into a seven-day job. He said he wanted the night to think about it and he'll let me know the next day. Two days later, he tells me, yes, he wants to continue. A day after that, his mum dies. I, of course, had sympathy and I left him alone for weeks. Eventually, he reached out to me and said he'll no longer be doing the job, which made sense. Fine. He's in the position where he can't operate. His mum's passed away. I understood that. I said, please, okay, just send the two keys because he changed the locks to this address and leave one at the property. After that conversation, I arranged to have other builders and letting agents come to the property to finally get this job done. It's gone on for way too long. I'm now losing out on profit. The driving up and down from London to Manchester is way above and beyond than I anticipated. So I gave two weeks, two weeks for him to send the keys down to London. I was going up there on a Tuesday. On the Monday, I hadn't heard any confirmation that he'd done anything he said he was going to do. So I called him. He said he was at the doctor's. It was 10 o'clock in the morning and he'll call me back straight afterwards. By three o'clock, I started to text him. Hi, Colin. How's things going? Did you get to the property? No response. WhatsApp, text message, no response. We decided that we were going to turn up to his house on the Tuesday and get the keys. Because it seems like he hasn't dropped the keys at the property. He eventually messages me at midnight to say that he's not been to the property, which means the keys are not at the flat. Now remember, he was supposed to send me keys down to London. I hadn't received those either. So at the moment, I cannot get into my own property. I was livid. What was I supposed to do? I had a bunch of builders waiting for me, or, you know, arranged to meet me the next day, and a bunch of letting agents. And I have no keys to get into my own property. I was starting to feel a little bit uncomfortable. My partner was livid. So we decided that we were going to go to his house. So I did a bit of digging. I checked my emails to see if maybe his address existed somewhere in the email trail that we had. Luckily, I found a Howden's invoice that he'd sent to me because I was requesting receipts and proof of purchase before I sent across any money. And it had his house address in Sheffield like I knew. So that's it. It was sorted. We were going to Sheffield at seven o'clock in the morning to retrieve my keys. I was ready. I was ready to act like the police. Bang on the door. Give me my keys. And I think I had every right to. He had the keys to my property and he clearly was refusing to give them back. I must say, I was slightly nervous though. What if he wasn't there? The plan was to go to Sheffield, then to continue on to Manchester to meet the builders and the letting agents. What if he wasn't there and I couldn't get my key? What if it was a crazy house? What if there was more of them? I had no idea what I was getting myself in for. But I did have my trusted umbrella, just in case things went a bit left. We got to the address, and straight away we realised he lived in a flat. I wasn't worried because I knew how trades work. So we went up to the door, pressed trades, got straight in. Remember, it was seven o'clock in the morning. I stood at his front door and I banged on the door. Colin, Colin. He opens the door and sees only me. Planned perfectly. I put my foot in the door. I said, I want my key. I want my key. That's all I want. My partner shows up from around the corner. 
foot in the door as well. Give us the key. We know exactly who you are. That's all we want. He tells us that the key's in the car. I forgot to say, in the text message he'd sent the night before, he said part of the reason why he can't come to the property is because his car is in Halfords getting repaired. He sent it in midnight. We've arrived at 7am. I think the chances of him being delivered the car between 12 and 7am is very slim. Anyway, he leaves the building, goes to the car and grabs the key. And we're reinforcing, we know who you are, Colin. Don't mess us about. He gives us the key. He gives us the key. That's it. I feel strange because I'm still worried. What if it's not the right key? What if now we drive to Manchester, we try to open the door and the key doesn't work? It did work. It did work and everything for the rest of the day went absolutely beautifully. I met with the other builders, I met with the letting agents and everything went to plan. I do wonder if anybody else has had a similar experience. I mean, I hope you haven't, because that wasn't fun. That was very stressful. The night I found out my kitchen fitter was an ex-convict for exactly the job I'd given him. Like I said, at first I was filled with laughter. I was laughing for half an hour and then it dawned on me. I couldn't sleep. I'd like to give you guys some tips in hopes that you don't get yourself into such a situation. Looking back, I can see where I was a little bit silly. Like I said, red flag. First of all, seek recommendations. I will no longer ever do a job or have a job done by somebody without knowing that somebody I know has used that same person. This does make it so much more difficult. I did use a trusted trader website, but clearly they're not perfect. Trust your gut. I could feel very early on that something wasn't right. And my naivety at the situation and not having dealt with such a situation before in Manchester, the, the big difference here was the fact that he was in Manchester and I was in London. I have property in, in London and that's fine. I can just turn up, communicate, I can meet, but the distance made things so much more different and I should have relied on my gut because I was right. Surprise visits are life. Turn up to the job. Don't tell them, just turn up, see what's happening, check in on the job, check in on progress, check in on who's in your property. Surprise visits inform you so much more than the builder or the labourer themselves. And finally, get stern when you feel you might need to get stern. Don't hold back. I held back. I held back because I wasn't sure. The uncertainty and, and the lack of confidence in what was going on caused me to hold back but no longer. If I feel I need to be stern, I will be stern and put my foot down, like I do outside of these situations. I hope you found that useful and do let me know if you've had any similar stories. Feel free to email me, contact me on, on Instagram, wherever it may be, I'd love to hear. Signing out, this is Crystal Growin. <laughs>